Mittens the crime solving cat has to be <laughs> part of something. Our mascot. Oh my god. <laughs> Welcome to Sitting Crooked, that podcast. podcast. <laughs> oh, fuck. Where we explore the uncomfortable. We've become stagnant. With birds. <laughs> featuring <laughs> featuring the sounds of nature and planes. Many planes. <laughs> Which you won't hear because we have an awesome producer, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hello. It's Wait. been a week. It's been a week. I feel like I say that every week, but it's been a week. Yeah. Well, it's been, it's just, there's so much crazy, stupid shit happening at work that we just get caught up in the middle of and then get caught up with and then end up being pissed off all the time about it. <laughs> Which is how car sets started to begin with. That's true, because it was like our vent time. Vent and sesh. Now we're being productive and sharing with the world <laughs> and sharing our rage and disgust at things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think there's a MacArthur date. All these serial killers that are coming to light yeah. recently, or killers, or whatever, um, when they're in their court dates, they just, most of them are appearing on video to yeah. protect them, which is so fucking frustrating, because I just want them to be able to, like, even if they don't make eye contact with the victim, just for the victim to be like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Like, just to be that close to that person, to have whatever closure that might give. Yeah. Anyway, they said, because he's like a 70-year-old man, he's just like trying to lean in to hear the judge. Whatever. If he's able enough to murder, <laughs> he's able enough to... And plant Easter eggs? Waddle in, uh, <laughs> yeah, waddle into court. Right? Yeah, it's fucked. So the investigation's still ongoing in terms of, like, for his house it's finished, but for all of the potential crime scenes, because he was a landscaper, and that's something that I didn't mention last yeah. time. So those of you who don't know, like, Bruce MacArthur was a landscaper in Toronto, so he's been everywhere. Oh god, someday I really just want someone to be, like, creeping on us, mm. and hear everything we say, and be like, those girls are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about? It's kind of like when you eavesdrop on your parents when you're little, and you're like, I wish I didn't. Oh, oh dear. There are other stories that I could tell you. Not about conversations, just about mm. things that were found on the Angie treasure hunt. Ah. Which were not great. The infamous snooping as a child. Well, I found... Okay, so this one's, this one's tame. So I found... <laughs> on the subject of Easter Bunny, hiding things, finding things. Yeah. Um, I actually found... I, I found a condom... So I, like, opened the thing. I opened the package. I'm like, what's this? Why is it so gooey? Ew. But I thought, because of the shape of it, I thought it was, like, a cover for a bottle. Okay. Like, my five-year-old mind was like, oh, that must go on here. <laughs> Not that I was having bottles at five years old, but I'm like, oh, this must be so old because, like... I'm, I'm not a baby. I don't have bottles. Yeah. And then looking back, I'm like, oh... <laughs> That's what that was. Now I know. <laughs> Jesus. So thanks, mom and dad. I don't. I was about to make some sort of joke of like, that was their last condom, and if only they had it, you wouldn't have been born. But I'm like, but you're the one who found it. So that doesn't really work. 
Chris MacArthur. Yes. He's a landscaper in Toronto, which I find very creepy. Like, remember how we were talking about, like, bad jobs for serial... Like, good jobs for serial killers, yeah, but bad come, jobs for everybody else? Yeah. <laughs> like, the mailman and the garbage man. Yeah. Landscaper. That's a new one on the All list. the tools to dig right? whatever size graves you want. And you're allowed around people's properties when they're not home. You usually work yeah. at night. Like... You've got a giant van truck thing to put shit in. Yeah. Like. And if you're uh, covered in like crap and dirt and stuff, no, no one's one going to think questions. twice. Yeah. So like, like, oh, that's why this is such a fascinating story for me. And just like, damn it. Like, how do you have this perfect fucking story? Like. Yeah. And it, it makes you wonder, like, in some cases, I, I'm looking forward to, um, once they're able to start uncovering more of his backstory. Like. Yeah. Do these people choose the professions because it fits their serial killer career or vice versa? Or does it just happen to work yeah. out? Yeah. Like working in an office, <laughs> we are the least likely people. Well, I don't know what the CEOs do on their spare time, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And on the day that this episode airs will be the next, uh, Golden State Killer court date oh shit so we'll have more to talk as well about. so yeah we'll have more to talk about next week yeah fudding stuff yeah man yeah so there's uncomfortable shit that includes serial killers we're not just i don't know if we'd identify ourselves as a true crime podcast because like we talk about it but it's not our central focus it's like, like featuring true crime sometimes yeah like once a month or something yeah i, I don't know. know there's no like set schedule but it's like just so there's no confusion. Well, I think it also just kind of creeps its way into so many of our topics. And it's right? so current. Yeah. Like, we talked about this a few episodes ago. Like, there's so much shit fucking happening right now. Near us. Yeah, yeah. Like, within 100 kilometers of us. Like, what the In fuck? In every direction. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? So. Yeah. Just, just in case anybody's wondering if we're changing tune or anything. But we are not. Just can't help ourselves Keep from the our updates. shit open. That's right. Yeah. So today. Today. So day. So day. <laughs> so day. pops. Um, somewhat related, not true crime related. Okay. I thought we'd talk, just have a nice conversation about death. Oh. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about you and me. Let's talk about Buried in the mm, fucking mm, ground. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Let's talk about death. Yeah. So. Funny story. <laughs> Oh? <laughs> that orgasm in French is called the little death. The, oh, that makes <laughs> so much sense. Because there's this movie that my friend's been trying to get me to watch. Brad and Chucky. No, it's called <laughs> Little Death. Ah. So but it's all about, like, sex? different couples, like, D- doing it, navigating their sex lives in, like, with the different circumstances. Like, just had kids or, like, ah. just that kind of normal, like, marital stuff, relationship stuff that affects your sex life. Ah. It's not, like, documentary. It's, like, a movie movie. Oh, but cool. it's just kind of one of those, like, six different couples follows them throughout the movie. Type okay, deal. gotcha. Uh, but, yeah, it's called called Little Death. Ah. Um, and apparently it's really good. Huh. I learned mine from Bride of Chucky. Well, there you go. I was... Seven? <laughs> I think I was seven or ten when my mom let me watch that. Oh my god. It was, well, it was Alexis Arquette and Jennifer Tilly doing it. And he's like, Do you know in French they call an orgasm Le Petit Morte, the little death? And I'm like, Okay. 
I don't think I should be watching this, <laughs> but I'm going to. Aww. Anyway, fun fact. Wow. We're talking about sex and cool. orgasms and death. So here we are. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All the rigor mortis. So when I was in university, huh? Rigor erectus? I don't know how to speak Latin. When you were in university. <laughs> when I was in university, I took um, a course that was called The Psychology of Death and Dying. Yes. And I have with me one of my textbooks, Death, Society, and Human Experience. Death's... Oh, I thought it was... I didn't realize there was a comma between death oh. and society. Death Society. Death Society. That sounds cool. Yeah, that could be our I'd... backup podcast if we ever... Death Society. <laughs> we have a lot of different paths we could go down. We do. Um, so this was one of my favorite courses, uh, just because it touches on so many different things. Um, but it, every once in a while it has, like, these thinking boxes to like get you to reflect and that sort of thing ah so i thought it might be cool if we went through some of them together Ooh. um and just kind of answered the questions and i feel like similar to stranger danger it's just gonna like once Open. we start it's gonna snowball and we're like oh my god yeah i remember when this happened i remember when this happened we don't like having audiences in front of us or behind us <laughs> Because if you're listening to this podcast, you either want to or, like, yeah, have some kind decision. of interest yeah. in it. Not And like, you can stop it at any time. We're not forcing yeah. it on you. Whereas we are kind of in an office parking lot and there's professionals walking in and out and we're like, orgasms! Yeah. <laughs> so. So. Thinking boxes. Thinking bo- yes. Uh, so, yeah, I thought... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought we'd just go through together and see what becomes of it. All right. Okay. I like it. It's it's back to school time. Think back to little Angie. You Finding just, condoms. <laughs> finding condoms. You just found your first condom. You've just finished watching Chucky, Bride of Chucky. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> what a you cool life it? I live. Are you there? <laughs> I'm there. Okay. Um... In general, like, how was the subject of death kind of treated in your home? Like, do, I don't know if you had any experiences when you were little in terms of, like, family members dying or whatever, and how how that was explained to you as a kid. Oh. Or even pets. Um, you know what? I'm, I can think of a very specific situation. Um, so I was in my Pride of Chucky years. <laughs> Uh, I was seven, seven or eight, and my great-grandmother had passed away, and whenever we'd go over to her place, like, I'd steal her, um, I'd steal her fudgesicles because she had her own little mini fridge, and she'd, like, hide under the bed and try and scare her and, like, do these, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I know exactly what you're thinking. I can't, no, that's not. (laughs) Um, I could have caused a lot of problems. (laughs) Um, no, I just remember being very, like, very fond of her. And then I remember one weekend abruptly, I had to go and stay with someone else, grandparents, aunt or uncle or something, like some other side of the family. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew both of my parents were going somewhere and my parents didn't do a lot of stuff together. Like around age seven or eight is when they decided they were going to split up or like we're moving toward it. So I'm like, hmm, 
this weird that they're going somewhere together mm. because they don't they don't ever do that. And even as a kid, like I knew that they slept like my dad always slept on the couch, my mom slept in the bed. They were always kind of separate. Mm-hmm. My dad worked days, my mom worked nights. So like just to give you context of like how big of a deal them going somewhere dressed up together was. Yeah. So they came back and I remember my mom sitting me down and just saying, you know, her, we called her Granny Bingo because she loved Bingo. She's like, <laughs> Granny Bingo passed away. That's where your dad and I were this afternoon. And I just, I was just like, what? Like it didn't, it didn't occur to me. Like I, I started crying because my mom started crying. So yeah, I knew something bad had happened, but I didn't really understand what, just that, you know, you're not, you're not going to see her anymore. And I was like, where'd she go? <laughs> like, why not? Kind of a thing. So that was really the, the exposure I had. We had animals when I was younger, like younger than seven. Um, and all I knew was that, you know, Snaggles, our cat got hit by a car or Buddy ran away and that was it. Well, there was no explanation other than they ran away or they got hit by a car. And to me, I was like, I was sad that they were gone, but I didn't understand, like, they weren't coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really, I think that was really the most exposure that I, I got. Like people would say, oh, you know, so-and-so died or if a goldfish died, I'd be like, Okay, I I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't. Maybe I'm just not remembering it properly, but it didn't really occur to me, and I didn't really lose anybody important to me until much. Not that my gra- great grandmother wasn't important, but somebody that I could really that death really resonated with me until well, that and when much you're, later. Yeah, that and when you're older, you're able to form a much more like your bond is different than like your capacity to form a relationship with someone is different. Yeah, and your understanding's a lot more clear, too, Mm -hmm. rather than like, oh, I guess they're just going away for a while, and maybe they'll be back. Yeah, and the idea of, you know, maybe they suffered when they died isn't there when you're a kid. Oh, yeah. Even if you understand, like, death, it's just, oh, they fell asleep and they're not waking up. There's no, you know, it lasted for hours and they were in pain or anything like that. Yeah, and I also came from, like, my mom was... She came from a very hardcore Baptist family, like a Protestant family, and my dad came from a Catholic family, so they've gone to heaven was always kind of like, mm-hmm. it's okay, they're in a better place. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. adults are saying it, it must be right. Yeah. So that was kind of always like, th- there wasn't a lot of logic to it, it was just like, let's paint this wonderful thing that, yeah. so that she doesn't be, tr- like, doesn't get traumatized by it. But I think looking back I was more afraid because like what do you mean it happened and like she's gone and I'm not gonna see her like there's a huge gap between Mm -hmm. like she's here last time we went to her house she was there next time she's not there so what what happened where did you guys go and that was confusing to me as a kid because like my parents went somewhere together didn't Mm -hmm. take me and now life is never gonna be the same in that regard so yeah yeah, it was it was confusing. I yeah, think. I I actually had like my first experience with death was pretty similar. I was probably six, six or seven, and my great grandmother died. <gasps> wow. Yep. And um, sorry, wrong <laughs> reaction. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and similar, like we would go over all the time because she was like, I think my parents were kind of the 
geographically the closest to her. Okay. Um, and I think my, it was on my dad's side and my dad was also kind of the most well equipped for life of him and his siblings. He had his shit together. So he had more capacity to give and help out with my great grandmother. Um, so we were over there a lot, simple things like I can't turn on the TV. I can't turn off the TV. I can't turn on the TV, like stuff Uh like that. So every single one of those incidents was a phone call, pack up the family, go. So like, I wouldn't say I was close to her, but it was enough just by like proximity and frequency that I'm like, this is a person in my life that I like. And I'd always watch Dudley the Dragon and I taught her how to make hot chocolate and sorts of weird stuff. So I remember when she got transferred from her tiny little apartment to, I don't know if it was a hospital or if it was just like a very intense, um, like assisted living facility. Like I remember her having like the big bed. And like hospital kind of style bed. And I remember her hooked up to a machine, but I don't think it was a hospital. And I remember going to visit her and it being a big deal, but I still didn't really understand what it was. And then all of a sudden, I think it was one day after school, my parents kind of like sat me down and similar thing. Like, you know, Gomez Thomas isn't going to be around anymore. She's gone to a better place. She's in heaven now. And it just did not resonate at all. And I remember I did go to her funeral and I don't remember her seeing her buried, but I distinctly remember the walk back from the grave um, along like the long, uh, like long paved pathway and stuff. I was standing next or walking next to my mom and she was walking next to another lady and they were both crying. And my mom offered me tissues and I was like, what? I'm fine. <laughs> I didn't cry at all. And like, they were like, oh, we're both so sad. Like, we can't stop crying. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I'm fine. I didn't cry at all. Like, I didn't understand that it was a sad thing we were at. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I'm tough. I don't cry when I stub my toe. Like, that's <laughs> kind of the thing I was putting under. Yeah. So I was fine. And I remember finding a little girl to play with. And I remember being really bored. So I would like, just keep pretending I had to go to the bathroom because it was something to do. The funerals were so boring. Ah. Yeah, it was just so weird. I just sat on the stage and ate ham and um, ham and cheese sandwiches that the church provided, and it was just like, "Hey, oh, this is my life now." Those are the best. Church. And then it didn't really hit me until later that it was like all of a sudden, like when my parents first told me, they were like, "Oh, do you have any questions?" Da 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 da, and I was like, "No, no, no." But then a few days later, I remember being like. So where is she? What Aww. happened? I did and like, well, you know me, I'm a processor, and then out come all the whys, right? Yeah. So then that started, and then I remember my parents both, we were in my room, I was sitting on the ground in front of my bed, and they both sat down and kind of did a, yeah, we figured this would happen. Okay, so, and then tried again to explain, like, having and stuff to me. And I never fully felt the sadness, but I remember trying to go through the motions of feeling sad or being sentimental. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I kept this glass little kind of jewelry box with little birds on it that she had in her apartment. Okay. That my mom gave to me because she thought, like, this will help or be something because I am a very sentimental person. And then I also had a picture of her and was like, I'm going to keep this in a special box. Like, I was trying to be sentimental, but the feelings weren't actually there. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very weird. I identify them. But I thought it was interesting when you said that you were actually at the funeral. Because my parents, like, they kept me, like, as far fucking away from that as they possibly could. Because they tried to, like, protect my fragile little mind from having it blown by 
seeing a corpse at seven. And I think that's, I think that's what it is with them knowing what I know, especially about my dad, not so much my mom, but especially about my dad and yeah. that side of the family. It's like, try to protect them, mm -hmm. but by keeping them ignorant of things, I think. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that your parents were like, yeah, come to the funeral. Like, like, like come on, <laughs> come there'll on. be a party. The There's so the barrier. <laughs> I know I didn't go, I didn't go to my grandpa's funeral. I was probably around four when he died. Okay. So I didn't go to that one. Um, yeah. And I remember like on a similar note, my English teacher in high school, she, she talked about her first experience with death. And I think I've told you about this before, but not on the podcast. I have a high school teacher death story too. Okay. So <laughs> she, when she was like seven or so, oh my God. she seven is the age. lost her best friend oh. that like she grew up with since she was a baby. Right. And it was a really small town. So like all the houses could pretty much see the houses from each other's houses and oh, stuff. Yes. And the church was in the middle and like typical small town. So her parents didn't let her go to the funeral. Someone was babysitting her. I don't remember if it, I'm pretty sure it was like her aunt and her aunt disagreed with her parents' decision to not let her go to the funeral. So her parents literally had her stay in the basement was like, don't even come upstairs because everything could see everything. Yeah, yeah. So, like, don't even come upstairs. Like, stay in the basement, entertain yourself, whatever. Stay with your aunt. So what her aunt did was she stacked up, like, boxes because they had one of those teeny tiny slit windows uh -huh. in the basement. She stacked boxes up for my English teacher when she was young, obviously, to stand on. And she watched the entire funeral from her basement window. Oh, man. That's like, crazy. Yeah. I can't. I can't even imagine. I had a teacher in, in high school who, he was my English teacher. So like any stories he told us were very like, this is meaningful because of this. And I was like, oh my God, wow. You're just blowing my mind right now. My I miss that. I miss having that. Right? It was the best. That's what we're trying to relive with this podcast. I think so, I yeah. Think. <laughs> um, so he was talking about, you know, the death of, I think it was his grandmother when he was a small boy, let's say seven. <laughs> uh, I don't know how old he was, but he yeah. kept saying like the parents went to, I think he was at the funeral, but they kept him in the car for the burial. And he told us like, he, I remember being so scared and being like, what's happening? Why can't I see it? What, like, what is so terrible that I'm not allowed to be a part of it? Mm -hmm. And it was just like, it put this negative context around death for him for so long that he just didn't he as a boy he didn't even understand it because the next time someone died it was much later in his life mm -hmm. I don't know why that stuck with me for so long um and he actually died recently and it was like I remember being so distressed over it because all these stories kept coming back like of him telling us that and just like I wonder if there's some little boy in his life, like his grandson or like a great nephew who oh. has the same kind of... Like who couldn't go to his burial. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, oh, Full circle. God. Like, and they'd never know that story. Like, yeah. maybe they would. I don't know. But it just like, ah, uh, it had this like bittersweet feeling. Like, yeah, I don't know. So yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. So with that, I mean, like you have a kid i do so i mean hopefully no one hap nothing happens to <laughs> any of your family or close friends or anything in the near future but like 
when the time comes, let's say, you know, there's a significant death in the family when he's seven years old, how do you think you'll broach that with him? I don't know. You know what? I open that can of worms with myself every now and again. I'm like, I wonder what I'd say. Like, how would I even bring this up? And I think we talked about this with a few other things. Like, how are we going to have the sex talk? Or yeah. how are we going to do this? And it's just like, I start thinking about it. And then it just like, it coils back up. And I'm mm. like, no, 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 not yet. It's not even time to think about that yeah. kind of thing yet. But is it? it's going to be a good time when it actually happens. And yeah. then I don't want to overthink it because that's... <laughs> that's what I do yeah um because I feel like it's just it's one of those things and our individual stories I think prove it of you know of course you want to your instinct is protect yeah like you mentioned protect your child from everything it it almost seems like there is no perfect way to present explain death to your kid because I feel like at that point they're not even old enough for you to fully understand what and how they're thinking as well as you might know your kid. You I know think, what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I also think that is kind of the nature of death. It's usually sudden. It's usually unexpected. There's mm-hmm. no... You can prepare for it as much as you want, but when it happens, it's never... You're never like, oh, yeah, I'm going to say this, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm going to solve for X by doing whatever. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... There's no neat and tidy way yeah. to do it. Just like like having a kid like let's go the opposite and talk about birth like you can plan as much as you want yeah but it it can be sudden unexpected and there can be a lot of tragedy or a lot of joy yeah it's gonna happen kind of how nature nature wants it to happen yeah yeah so i think just coming back to your question and knowing what we now know about my family and how they tried to protect me Obviously, I want to protect my kid, but I don't want to shelter him to a point where he doesn't understand what's going on and have that fear. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just to give you an example, I know my cousin, when the Humboldt Broncos mm-hmm. tragedy happened in Saskatchewan um, and everybody had their Jersey Day, my cousin was telling us about how his his daughter, my four-year-old mini cousin, second cousin, his four-year-old <laughs> daughter... Cousin. They were, like, explaining it to these kindergarten kids about how, you know, what happened. And he's like, well, I don't agree with that. And I'm like, what part? Yeah. Like, they need to know that... I guess they don't need to know that something happened, but I would want my kid to know why he's doing something. Yeah. Because it's been... For me, it's been like, no, 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 that's too... You're too precious. You can't hear these kinds of things. So I think if there wasn't a death in the immediate family, then, yeah, he would have... To be there. I mean, at this age, he wouldn't really understand. But at seven, when he's got a bit more yeah. comprehension, I think it would be it would be hard for him. Maybe harder than for some of us mm. because he just he's confused. At least we know as adults yeah. what happened, what the circumstances are. Like we can heal together. Whereas he's just sad because he picks up on everybody else's emotions of being sad, but not really understanding why. Yeah. And what's going to happen next. So, yeah, I don't think I'd keep him from a funeral. I think it depends on the family member. Like, if it's, like, a great distant aunt or uncle. Yeah, if it's, like, an obligation funeral versus, like, something that actually affects you or Thomas. Yeah, absolutely he'd be there. And, you know, the the explanations would would absolutely come. I can't can't see myself being like, we don't talk about that or, like, let's 
he went to heaven because like I don't plan on having like a super religious upbringing for my kid. I'd mm-hmm. like him to understand, you know, what's out there. But I, we're not going to go to church every Sunday, and yeah. we're not going to do these. We're not going to have the same upbringing that I had. So like, oh, he went to heaven isn't going to be good enough. Yeah. So he needs a bit more real life knowledge, I guess. Yeah. But maybe I'm just too, too hard on the the logic side for thinking about that kind of stuff with him. Yeah. So I looked up um, some articles and stuff, as well as some things from the textbook I referenced or am referencing on what, you know, psychologists and grief counselors and child educators and stuff think. And basically the consensus is just don't assume you know how your kid's going to react. Yeah. Is their advice is like, you know, as much as you think you know your kid, death is such a weird freaking thing. You just don't know. So when it comes to funeral, they said, you know, if you're considering, ask your kid. If they want to go. If they want to go. Ask your kid, yeah, if if they want to go. Like, you know, maybe explain what they can expect. Like, oh, you know, lots of people there will be sad. We'll, we'll watch them get buried or whatever. You know, just kind of give them a high level idea of what's going to happen, what they can kind of expect, and then get them to choose. Right. Um, and same kind of goes for feelings. Like, don't, you know, you should be sad about this or you should be whatever. Just kind of let them... Let them figure it out. Feel how they feel. Yeah, figure it out on their own. Yeah. Um, It's something, I mean, yeah, it's something that you can't, like, you can't teach someone emotions. Yeah. Like, they just, it just has to come naturally. And that's, before you started talking about that, I'm like, I guess every kid's different, though. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like... Maybe he, like you said, maybe he doesn't want to go to a funeral. But then I think that introduces a lot of other problems, not necessarily like with the parent-child dynamic, but with the extended family. Like, why isn't your son here? I don't know if that would happen, but that it it would be hard to explain, I think, to the extended family. I'm not saying that's a reason to force your child to go somewhere at all, because, you know, you and I are very similar in that way. I think if, if you don't have an open mind, and grief does weird things to people, like yeah. you said, like, it doesn't matter how old you are, it's still, something doesn't click. Like, our brains just don't process it mm-hmm. logically, because it's not a logical thing. Um, <laughs> so, I, like, even the most open-minded person who would be like, well, I didn't bring my son because of, you know, this reason, at a funeral, it would be yeah. like, well, he didn't want to go. Well... I, I don't know if I would run into that. I really yeah. don't. So. Yeah, that's tough. And I guess you'd have to, not you specifically, the general, you would have to look at the bigger picture and see, you know, how, what state are you in? Like, are you in a emotional state where you're able to advocate for your kid in that way if you need to? I, I think so. You know what I mean? But if you're, I don't know, oh. like, let's say, let's say your, your mom died. Sorry, Joanne. Uh, let's say your mom died, right? Like, you might not be in an emotional position where you have that energy or ability to ability to advocate and have those conversations. Whereas if it was like a great, or if you did, I feel like it would be like, I can do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> like it would like come out bad. It, you know what I mean? Yes. I think in front, sorry, mom. <laughs> I think in front of my kid, it would be like, if he was in the room, 
and someone was giving me a hard time or he was having a freak out, I think for his sake, I would be able to keep it together. Yeah. I, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this, like, without, like, with having both parents alive and healthy and not yeah. being in a state of grief, I think I would be okay with him there. But yes, I can definitely see it mm-hmm. going the other way and being like, you know what, just fuck off, kind yeah. of like... Probably in those exact words, <laughs> should something happen or be said, like, you know, the wrong way. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, this is heavy. I know. I know. And there, there's, I feel like we're going to have multiple of these because, like, we're we're not even, <laughs> there's so many more think boxes. Oh, God. So many boxes. So many boxes. Um, so, you said something earlier that made me think of something how like at all ages it doesn't matter grief does weird things to us yes and personally i think obviously from the loss itself and feeling sad that that person's no longer in your life and so on but i think a lot of that comes from not knowing what the afterlife or lack of afterlife is yes which is where a lot of comforts from if you are do genuinely believe in heaven yeah and so on is a comfort and is something you can hang on to. And I think that's where a lot of beliefs come from because that's easier, not easier, but it's, it's a coping strategy to a degree. Yeah. It's similar to what we've talked about time and time again with like creating these manifestations of evil to explain, you know, the bad shit that's happening Mm -hmm. around you rather than this is just science. This is the way life is. Yeah. Um, Because like when I, when I think about like my own, my own death, Josh's death, uh, people who have died in my life, like, I picture them in a box, in the ground, and I can't help but think about, you know, them opening their eyes at some point. Ah! And need the bells on their fingers. Yeah, like, not, not just to know, like, oh my god, they're undead, but just because I... Not out of the paranoia of, oh no, they're buried alive, but just because I can't conceptualize life just ending hard stop... Yeah. Even though that's what I believe for the most part. Yes. I can't imagine a world of, I can't imagine a heaven. I can't get on board with that. The closest thing I can get on board with is hard stop, you're done, you're worm food. Yeah. But even then it's like, but, <laughs> but then what? <laughs> yeah. Then you, your nails keep growing and your hair keeps Yeah. Growing. Like it just. And your bones. And then <sighs> your fossils and then your gas. <laughs> Um, see, the thing that, the thing with death that I find upsetting is, like, yes, I agree, we're of the same mindset when, like, you're done, you're done, like, it would be nice to believe that there's something mm-hmm. afterward, but I just, does not I can't compute. convince myself yeah. that that's a real thing, like, for anybody's sake, like, even my son, I'd be like, some people believe this, and that's fine. But this is what mommy believes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be a, like, you have to believe this thing. But what gets me about death and dying is that whenever I've seen a corpse mm-hmm. of my loved one and, and dolled up, you know, for mm-hmm. death, it always makes me, like, I go back to my parents or Thomas or, God forbid, my son. And I think, like, you're not the one. That's not how they dress. A stranger dressed you, a stranger put you mm-hmm. up, and that's the last visual interaction that I have with you mm-hmm. before, you know, you're 
literally gone forever. Yeah. So, like, that to me just, it, it doesn't work and that makes the grief worse. It's kind of like, I can't process that part of it. And that's what makes me really sad when I think about someone that I care about dying. I'm like, no, 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 like, you got their lips wrong. And it's not, it's, it's not a cosmetic thing. It's just like, that's not. It's because a, a dead person doesn't look like the person anymore. So it's like. They don't, but they're also the person who's embalming them, like the, the yeah. mortician or the, like. There's a, a disconnect, a removal, a yeah, coldness, like, for I lack would, of a better word. Yeah, like, I would want to be the one. Prepare the person's body. And I think, yeah. I mean, in, like, olden days, that's what you did. The people closest to you laid you to rest yeah. as a coping mechanism and now we're just like no 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 like you can't I, i'm gonna get you to do my eyeliner when i die oh, okay <laughs> you're decorating my coffin so oh yeah that's right we did decide that <laughs> but that's what i mean like i don't want them like if mom sorry <laughs> they put my mom down i don't want them to put like this hot pink lipstick shit on her with weird eyeshadow and like curl her hair in a way that she would never would have worn it like yeah yeah, I don't know if you get a say when... Like, you do. You do? Yeah, so you give them a picture, basically, of oh, what, fuck, but of even what that's you not want a... them to... Oh, but even that's not enough, like... Yeah. Because usually, well, I guess... Okay, I guess nowadays it's a little different, but, like, back in the day... So, kind of to your point, the... I will connect, so bear with me. No, it's okay. That's... So, We're all when... connections. <laughs> when my grandmother died almost a year ago um it was a big big decision for me on whether or not i wanted to see the body oh not when she died but like at the funeral the visitation oh um my mom knew that i'm like a very emotional being and stuff so she kind of gave me the heads up because she knew i would want to process yeah she's like by the way it is open casket for family you should start thinking about whether or not you want to see her okay so i thought about it i still hadn't come to a decision because i was so scared that she was gonna look not like a monster but like by the end she didn't look like her because she had deteriorated deteriorated so much right so i was like i don't want the last image of her being sickly almost ghoulish burned into my head yeah forgetting that they would do her up with makeup and that sort of thing so i was borderline like no i want to remember my grandma healthy and like that sort of thing yeah so i got to the visitation and i guess there was some confusion there was some confusion around the timeline so like i guess family was supposed to show up earlier so that they could close the casket before everyone else came but i didn't know that so i came like on time with josh ah. So when I got there, it was like, okay, are you seeing the body or not? And I was like, and all of her, like, siblings and my aunts and uncles and stuff were there. And they're all just staring at me because they had already had their time. Oh, God. So I was last. And it was like, make this decision now. And I kind of snapped. And it was like, do I have to decide right now with all these people staring at me? Yeah. And my parents were like, well, yeah, because we need to close the casket. So I was like, okay, fuck. I guess I'm doing this. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So I went up and she, it was almost worse seeing her done up because she looked exactly like she used to. Oh. As I remember her. And that, that fucked with my head more, I think. Because it wasn't burying a dead person who looked dead. It was burying a person who looked like my grandma the way I remembered her. And that's such a weird thing too like why do they make them look like they're alive 
they being corpses of our And I our get it ones. because when you go and want to pay your respects or whatever, you want them... It's like that, like, it's, transition uh, period, I guess. Like, yeah. you know they're dead, but at least they... They look alive and look like they're sleeping. Like, uh. yeah, it's a, yeah, it's supposed to be a comfort, but it it's worse. It fucked with my head in the opposite way that I thought it would because I was so scared of seeing her ghoulish and zombie-like that yeah. I didn't even think about how much it would, especially to my point earlier of how I can't imagine, you know, just them not being able to open their eyes again. Yeah. Oh that man. It, that at least if it was like. She didn't look like her and be like, oh, they didn't really bury her. Like, that wasn't her. That was my grandma anymore. Like, my mom was there when she actually died. Yeah. And my mom's very spiritual. So she was like this, like, she was holding her hand and stuff. She's like, this isn't her. She's gone. Like, her spirit or whatever is gone. Yeah. I almost feel like I needed that more than I needed to see her perfect. So, yeah, you need, like, the... As traumatizing as it would have been. Not the hard facts, but, like, the hard facts of death, right? Rather than the, like, aesthetic... Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Because now when I picture her in the coffin, I picture her, picture my grandma alive in the coffin. It's interesting that you... I... Sorry, Andrew. No, no, no. I had... I couldn't sleep for weeks because I had nightmares. I'd wake up every single night, like, with a... (gasps) Because I I pictured her opening her eyes or waking up or that they had buried her alive because I saw her so perfect. Oh. It's interesting to me that... And it, knowing you the way I do, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But for me, seeing them in, like, my grandfather, for example, when he died, seeing him in the coffin is not the last thing I remember. Like, for me, the last thing that I picture with someone who's close to me who has died is how they were in life. Like, I think of, like, certain memories that I had or, or pictures that I... I can see of these people. I don't picture them in the grave at all mm-hmm. or in the grave in their coffin yeah. at all. Like it just doesn't, it's like my mind blocks it out. Mm. Cause it's, it's there. I mean, if I really wanted to look at it, I'm like, okay, here you go. Angie's mind. Yeah. Like <laughs> reconstruct this from your memory, but it's not the first thing I go to. Cause it's just, it, that's such a brief moment in their life. And in my experience with them, that I think of the, the good times and the happy things that we did for me it's always like i don't even know which one comes first because they're so closely associated oh, that it's just like bam bam so it's almost like i'm seeing them side by side oh that's in weird. my head which, not weird but you know what i mean so like every every time i have like a oh great it's like i can't even finish having the thought without the coffin Damn. After and vice versa. Like it's so I always feel at least for now, I mean it's it's been it's less than part a of year. The grieving yeah. process. I feel both at the same time. Wow, you grieve for a long time. I'm not <laughs> Don't take that the wrong way. I just think I'm like not that you grieve for a long time. Maybe I just grieve very it's very quick. Mm. And it's like I'm still if I really think about it, I'm sad, but I'm just like I remember this and I remember that and okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I can just, like, compartmentalize and put it in a spot where my emotions don't need to touch it until I'm ready for them to, like, knock on the door and touch it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, like you said, like, there's there's a time aspect to mm-hmm. that. Like, I haven't... My great-grandmother died last fall, but, I mean, she was my great-grandmother. She was sick for a long time. There's, like, some kind of distance there. Yeah. Whereas, like, if it was one of my immediate immediate grandmothers 
it'd be different. Yeah. But one of the the other things I just want to mention this really quick before. Yeah, I have one we, more quick thing too. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> I always found it really fucking weird. I still find it weird when people touch the body. Yeah. When they're like just holding their hand. Like my mom did that with my grand my great grandmother, and I'm like, don't don't touch it. <laughs> Which is <laughs> No touching. Like I just don't I it's I don't wanna feel the cold because that to me is like triggering of mm-hmm. all of those emotions that I'm like trying to hold back. And yeah. like I just don't I don't need to touch you. I didn't mm-hmm. touch you like that when you were alive. Why would I do it now? Yeah. Like I don't need to hold your hand. I mean it, I think it depends on who that person was to you. But yeah. for me and like grandparents, I don't I don't wanna touch the corpse. Not because it's like, oh you're a corpse now. Or when people kiss kiss the corpse. Oh I've never seen that. I don't oh, want to see that. Yeah, I that's but thing. I feel like I would do that if it was Thomas, I feel like I would do that. Yeah, I feel like I would do that for just, Ugh. I don't know, hoping that it might, oh God, that it cry. might feel the same, yeah. even though I know it won't. Oh, no. Okay, I'll move on. Because <laughs> oh, no. So going, going back to, um, you know, how to deliver to your kids and people processing differently and stuff. I mentioned before, like, I'm very emotional and my mom, my mom and I are very close and I think she... She and you are the closest to understanding my mentality and who I am as a person and stuff. I'm Um, your mom. (laughs) So her and I have always been very much on the same page with this kind of stuff. Yes. So when I got the call that my grandmother had passed, I was at work and my dad said, you know, hello, hello, it's done. She's gone. Jesus. Okay. Are you okay? Yes. Uh, Just... (laughs) like does not can be and then my mom got on the phone and was like so this morning this is what happened this is how long it took and that, that it was like a you know two minute explanation before and then she passed away yeah and that's what i needed because when my dad was like it's done she's gone i'm just like eh? <laughs> like it just it didn't even sink in it just went right over my head oh my god we are so we are so opposite for something <laughs> like that because i want to be like so like if someone was telling me the story, not, and I'm not trying to cheapen this no, 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 no. at all, but if someone's, okay, well, this happened and that happened, but like, okay, so what, are they alive? Like, what happened? Like, well, I think it's different because, like, I, w- I would want to know bottom line first as well. Yeah. But she already knew that I knew that because my dad had just told me. Right. So I think if my mom were the one, the first one on the phone, she would have said, so grandma died and this is what happened. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I would not want to be, like, <laughs> kept on the edge of my seat waiting like, to hear... So what happened? Yeah. No, 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 no. I, yeah, bottom line first. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Damn, girl, that so, was heavy. So this discussion is not over. No, we have to do, like, at least three more parts of this, because <laughs> yeah. there are so many more little boxes that we need to read. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Very good one. Yeah, when, like when we were talking about yesterday, I was like, how would you feel about discussion-based? And you're like, as long as you can keep it going. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this yeah. is meaty, meaty stuff. Yeah, well, like I was saying before, like, sometimes when we we get on a topic and there's just, like, that's that's all I have. And then we can yeah. talk about it for a bit. And then it's like, oh, half an hour and we're done. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great when we have all these planes interrupting oh, us. but planes, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. 
So, uh, yeah, this is Sitting Crooked, the podcast where we talk about all the uncomfortable things and... I think this is the most seriously uncomfortable we've gotten because everything else we've been able to... it's personal. Yeah, it's personal. Everything else we've been able to detach from because it happened 50 billion years ago when we can make fun of it and, like... Not can make fun of it. Yeah, no, you know I know what I mean. mean, though. It's just yeah, like, it's, it's, it doesn't affect me. It's, yeah, there's, there's more time removed. put between us and it that... Yeah. Yeah, fuck. So, yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, thanks for listening. And, you know, we'd love to hear your thoughts as well. If you have, you know, that childhood experience that sticks out in your head that you, that you kind of carry with you or whatever, um, you can email us, sittingcrookedpodcast at gmail.com. Or, uh, you know, message us on Facebook. We're also on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, if you have any thought-provoking questions about death mm-hmm. or, or anything, really, like, same thing. Reach out on these platforms. We want to we wanna know. We need... As much as we love talking about ourselves and talking to each other, we... Oh, yeah. We do love wanna... to talk about other people's stories, too. Yeah, if you're willing we... to share, hell yeah. Yeah. We want to we wanna kind of build... Build a community to talk about the stuff that no one wants to talk about. Yeah, and death is one of those, like, it's like politics and religion. Like, you do not talk about it in polite company. Yeah. Us not being polite company. <laughs> it's more than acceptable, but... Yeah. Yeah, I... This has been thought-provoking... Provoking? Provoking for me in a lot of different ways. I mean, topic-wise and... Yeah. Well, I think especially, like, to the point, since this one was mainly around, like children yeah we're both at the age where we're having kids or have kids or soon going to have kids that it's like oh shit i have to think about other people (laughs) yeah yeah that's the the nice thing about kids (laughs) here's my parenting corner um is that you think this shit's gonna i mean death is one of those weird things but like you think all this shit like i gotta think about college and I gotta think about this and I gotta tell them about the birds and the bees and yeah it's such a slow arc yeah that like you don't realize how fast time has gone until you look back but as it's happening it's like everything happens for a reason like even when you're pregnant you're up in the middle of the night taking a piss because the way my grandmother explained it to me was like well that's just your body preparing for the baby when they're up in the middle of the night and I'm like she's not wrong yeah but I'm just like oh okay like everything is kind of like a natural process yeah. when it comes to raising kids. I mean, circumstances happen, but mm-hmm. you just roll with it. Yep. Anyway, this is Sitting Crooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, subscribe. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope, I don't know, I hope we helped you drive or your work day or your run or wherever you listen to us. Yeah. Um, I hope your day is not filled with planes. Or death. Or death. <laughs> no dying. No dying okay. allowed, guys. Um, so yeah, until next week. Yeah. Good. Good.